You didn't even intro news? the show. No one knows who we are. Okay. They're listening nothing. Okay. And fine, you're and fine. you're gonna force us to rebrand. <laughs> we are So now we have stop it. to start over. Stop it. We are okay. You wanna start over? It's whatever you want. We can just keep going. Wait. The, pe- the people might think it's funny. But first, uh, Mr. French, do you happen to have any career advice for us? Don't make more money. This is America. You don't make money. You're a douchebag. Welcome to Fluffers for Hire. This is uh, a podcast. Um, if you're unaware, uh, we are the first podcast ever in existence. Um, so what this is, is you're going to, you're going to go on the app. It's like radio, but it's on the internet and it's not YouTube, which we are. It's a new invention. You can't watch our podcast. You can't watch our podcast. This isn't Joe Rogan. This isn't Joe Rogan, which is the second podcast ever. So we are the first, um, my name is Danny. My, and my, my veritable, better looking, much taller co-host, big Shep. I call him big Big Shep. You're only allowed to call him Shep. Do you know why they call me big Shep? Uh, I am. We used to live together, and I am fully aware. It's because I'm tall. That's why. That is exactly why. Um, so we have a podcast where we talk about news stories and junk. So uh, I just want to, you know, Philip DeFranco right into it. BuzzFeed News. As no one I, understands that reference but you. I know. Well, if you watch YouTube, also something we invented, and you watch Philip DeFranco, you know, he only has a couple, like, 10 million subscribers and a couple million views a day. You would get the reference. Uh, I'm sorry, you are, uh, you know, a Luddite and don't use the internet. So, um, BuzzFeed News, everyone knows, America's number one uh, quality news source, right? BuzzFeed, of course, extremely popular. I thought Reddit was the number one news source. Okay. Do you understand how sarcasm works? Uh, uh, BuzzFeed News is garbage. It's hot garbage. Okay. Um they came out with this article early, beginning of the month. Millennials, generation burnout, or the burnout generation, or I'm really like, excited to get your take on this article. Are you really? Yeah, I oh, read yeah. this. I read this article. Okay, what do you think? I uh, I, well, I wanted to hear what you you had to say first. <laughs> Makes me think you didn't read the article. No, I read it. I I, send I swear. You, I send you show show prep. Fine. Um, here's what I think. I think. Hardship. What is the art? What did the article say? First of all, basically that millennials are a generation that are going to burn out really fast because they have it really tough. Okay. Um, yeah. Listen, hardship came to millennials later in life than maybe any other generation. Um, millennials are radically ill-equipped, and unfortunately, um, we were sold on a fantasy of previous generations having it super easy, which they didn't. Um, every generation before us had it ex- like so much harder than we did. Yeah, I agree. And um, we were we were pumped full of self esteem, and um, we were our the generation that came before us. Our parents were so concerned about making sure we felt good, not making sure we knew how to do hard things or making sure we knew how to yeah. overcome hard times. This isn't me blaming anyone. This is the, the what I call the Dunning Kruger generation. We have so much access to information, um, but we were st- we were fed this steadfast diet of social justice later, like through college, and high self esteem. Um, dude, I remember this one time I was at a Bible study, and this somewhat attractive blonde girl was talking about how she has anxiety because of um, high violent crime rate, 
And I was asking her, like, high compared to what? Right. Austin, generally speaking, has high property crime, but, like, you know, this is when we lived in Austin. Not high violent crime. Not high violent crime at all. And I, you know, and there's, thankfully, dude, so I was I was going to this church mainly for the chicks, and she, they were all commies. She probably wasn't aware of any stats. Yeah, so here's what's interesting. There's one in this group of predominantly women, uh, mostly, and the guys there are mostly left-leaning. It's me and this other guy who is Hispanic. Um, and he was just like, he's also a liber- he was a libertarian and he was just like, Hey, um, and I just didn't feel comfortable chiming in because I railroad people with facts and statistics. Yeah. And, yeah, and then, like, <laughs> it then no one likes you. Yeah. I don't really care about being liked anymore. Who cares? Dude. He's like, well, if you look at the statistics over the last 21 years, violent crime has been cut in half. And you know what her response was? I don't believe you. And b- both him and I made eye contact <laughs> like, what do you mean? She's like, well, if you look at the news, I'm like, the point is, <laughs> the news. At, if you look at news, there is an there is a there is a graph out there that was that was kind of making its rounds not too long ago about how the the reporting of violent crime against the the actual occurrence of violent crime. Mm-hmm. Violent crime is in a precipitous decline. It's one of the safest times to ever be alive is right now in North America, especially in the United States. Love it. Yeah, and it's. Um, whether or not, like, so the perception that there is, like, and this is something that gave her anxiety, and both of us were just like, oh, let's, like, help you with facts and statistics to belay this anxiety. And she refuses to accept that that's the Yeah. That's the reality. So what does the story about this girl have to do this article about millennials burning out? I don't see the connection. Let me make the connection for you then, okay, you I'm useless right. piece of garbage. <laughs> I was waiting. Okay. The connection is we're burned out not because of reality. But, like, you know, when I said the Dunning-Kruger generation, we're burned out because we think we know so much and we don't have a clue. And we're burned out because um, we have set expectations that are not only unrealistic, um, but, w- like, the, the, the we're not prepared to deal with, we don't have resiliency. And so the, the argument I'm making in regards to the, sto- like the, 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 the anecdote about this girl is, like, we don't want to accept facts and reality. Uh, I shouldn't say we. I should say millennials in general don't want to accept facts and reality. I don't know that millennials don't want to, and I think that she touches on this in the article. Sorry, I, sorry, I should let you finish, though. No, no, no. That's, that's what I – that was so, – yeah. sh- Okay. Well, I don't know that millennials don't want to accept reality. You know, she touches – it's she, right? The yeah, author. I, I thought it was a I, female. BuzzFeed. Okay, whatever There's she no identifies, whatever she identifies as. There are some men at BuzzFeed, but they are also women. <laughs> so, uh, I actually thought it was a really well written article. There was a really comprehensive approach. It took a lot of different things into consideration, and I think it's more that millennials just were never taught how to cope with reality. As you said, we were we were fed this sort of fantasy. Uh, we were told all the times you're okay. It's what's what matters is is loving yourself and realizing that you're good no matter what. But then you don't actually learn any good or valuable skills along the way. True, and I guess maybe for me it's different because I was raised by immigrant parents, and the immigrant mentality is so different. It it places a high value on actual measurable achievement, not just your good feelings, and I think. Perhaps that's where I kind of stray from my from. I'm an, an older millennial, like a middle of the elder millennial pack. I, I, I never really got that sense growing up that my feelings 
were of any meaningful consequence to my parents, uh, my physical well-being and my achievement were kind of top of the class, top of their concern. So I think part of the problem is we're just like, like, and there's even an article in response to this article from BuzzFeed that resilience training isn't the answer. And here's the thing. It's never going to get easier. Um, I think your perception of what easy should be, easy is, should be compared to the reality of the past, which is we have it so flippin' easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the fact that we have access to so much information, I think it's hard to cope with knowing what we know. I, I agree. I agree with part that. Part of it is just coping with there's so much, there's just an information overload that, mm-hmm. and which is why I'm, as I've gotten older, I have evolved a lot in how I consume not just media, but I've also evolved a lot in how I like deal with my friends, in terms of like like relationships. I call or we see each other, uh, but I'm not really like I'm I'm not on Facebook doing anything of consequence. I'm just like not posting anything meaningful. It's just jokes. Um, and I also like I, I kind of tried to get rid of a lot of the nonsense, the fluff, if you will, that was in my life. Whether it's I only wear black and gray shirts, uh, I got rid of I got I got rid of a lot of crap. And the other the other part, like when it comes to people who are like just overly like hyper aware and so concerned and always um, offended, the professionally offended, I just got rid of those people out of my life. It's a bummer because I like some of those people. But it's just, I don't know, I don't have the self, I, I, I learned self-awareness, which is one thing I think we'd never, as a generation, were like, hey, understand yourself. Some people are just going to be short so they can't dunk basketballs, and it's not the guy, it's not LeBron James's fault that he's tall, and he's it's his fault that he's good at his sport, but there's a sense of like, well, you know, I feel like a victim because I'm short, and it's his fault, and that um, dichotomy is part of what the, I think contributes to the burnout. But you're saying you actually thought it was well written from BuzzFeed? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, there's a, an additional part I was just looking through again that uh, kind of touches on some of the things you're saying, but is uh, particular to social media and how social media has influenced uh, what we think of ourselves, what we think our lives should be. So uh, I believe that you said. Yeah, no, but dude, social media, dude, is just people posting the highlight reel. Right. right. We all know that. Yeah. We know that. But we don't always, uh, I think we're not always cognizant of that. Right? And we spend a lot of time also putting our highlight reel out there. So you said, we're, you know, there's so much access to so much information. Yeah. Well, now we're able to see into the the lives of so many other people. Some people we may never right. meet in real life. This is something our parents were not able to do. We're able to compare ourselves to them. Or at least compare our highlight reel to their highlight reel, right? So that can also make you feel burned out when, what do you do? Uh, you go home, you relax, you pull up your phone, you get on Instagram, and you see everyone's doing so much better than you are. Yeah, Kylie Jenner's net worth is nearing a billion dollars, and she's, what, 20? Um, this is a conversation I have with a, with a, an entrepreneur friend of mine. We talk about this all the time. We know each other from a guy that I went to school with, and he'll ask me, like, do you ever feel, like, bad that he has achieved so much material, like, measurable material wealth more than you have? I'm like, no, because I'm running my own race. And I think the, like, um, obsessive-compulsive comparison disorder, 
Um, no one owes you anything, and the fact that you don't have those things is due mostly in part by your work ethic. And you've been, like, where are you setting goals? Like, what are your goals? If you're not setting goals to be Kylie Jenner Lipkit uh, dominator or whatever, like the competitor for that, I feel like it's useless to be upset that Kylie Jenner is making so much money off of her lip kits or whatever the heck she is. I don't even know what she's selling at this point. I have never known. Yeah, I don't. God bless. One day, one day, um, universities will study two people, you know, and their influence on the media, Donald Trump and Kris Jenner. Because Kris Jenner more so than Trump. Well, Trump took over the free world by manipulating the media, and Kylie Jenner, Kris Jenner, freaking dude, she, like, she took her daughter's canoe paddling video and turned it into a multi-billion dollar enterprise for her and her kids. God bless. Uh, so, do you think, the, in general, that millennials have it hard? They do in some sense, and they don't in others. Can you explain? I think millennials have it hard because they're saddled with undue debt, and debt, and it's not undue. Highest amounts of student loan debt ever. Yeah. Right? And so, with lo- I should with say. With the lowest outlook for, for salaries in many fields. Yeah, I think... So there's there there's a coinciding factor there, which is um, when you have when you the differentiator used to be university degrees. So like you remember the Incredibles when uh, the villain in the first one says, "Well, when everybody's incredible, nobody's incredible." Yeah, when everyone wins, no one wins. Yeah, so when everybody has a degree, everyone should have the right to go to college. Yeah, and so when everyone gets the right quote unquote right to go to college, when they have access because of federal go- like federal provided student loans there, there's several the, the the outcomes are universities come up with bs degrees to give people because they they know they can't admit dumb people into um the medical school well they they can because if you're black and stupider than white people then you can get in true that's a provable fact you if you're black and you have a 3.0 you can get into medical school but if you're indian or white or jewish or asian it's like so you have to have a 4.0 and you have to yeah, like good, good luck with your 3.8 yeah completely true good luck with 3. your 3.9 right um so i think everybody going shot down the 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 capacity for earnings everybody achieving college degrees yeah well, college the degrees are the same thing as a freaking ged now yeah so it, congratulations you have forty thousand dollars in student loan debts for your ged Basically, that's part of the problem. The other, the other hat, the, the other part, the other. I, I remember there was a gal. I, you'll remember her later, but um, I'll remind you who she is later. But I remember she was going to do her uh, grad school out in New York at NYU, right, uh, right around the time we were going to Texas. Okay, yeah. Um, and she's like, I, I didn't even ask how much it was going to cost. I just signed the papers for the loan. I was like, this is stupid, so unbelievably stupid. So like. The, like the resilience factor, like I didn't want to know how much it was going to cost. Well, I think you're going to want to know when you figured out it's going to be about half a million bucks um, between everything. Like your student loans are going to kill your capacity to run fast. Um, thankfully, she's in a she's in the medical field. She's not a doctor, but I mean, she is. A, she's not a medical doctor. She got a doctorate ultimately, but I mean. So, so we we agree there are some things that uh, there are some economic factors that are putting hardship on millennials. And one of those economic factors is created 
not by millennials, but by the generation that came before that said, yep. we should make it easier. So trying to make it easier made it worse. Because any, any half-decent um, Austrian economist could have told you by flooding the market with degrees and by flooding the market with cheap, easy-to-obtain debt... You're gonna, which you're gonna have two things. You're gonna, you're gonna tank the value of that degree and how that translates into earnings, and then you're gonna precipitously increase the cost of universities. Universities, the cost of going to university has skyrocketed past any other cost. Um, and what happened? Fanny, uh, Sally May, the federal government holds like sixty something percent of student loans or seventy percent of student loans. The government stands to make a couple billion dollars off of the student loan crisis, but they created the crisis. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people are saying bankers need to go to jail, I'm all with you, but the truth of the matter is the federal government needs to go to jail because they're, the, one who, cause they're the ones who created this crisis. Um, and it's a, it's a two-pronged crisis that is killing the opportunity for a generation. But I think the, the good thing that comes out of it is so much, so many more entrepreneurs, or so many more kids are saying now, coming after us, are saying I'm not going to go to college unless I get a scholarship. Yeah, good. Or I'm going to go. There was another article I I had posted it on my Minds uh, account, on my Minds channel, uh, minds dot com slash defederate, about how there's a sincere increase or a huge increase in kids going to tech schools, which I think is great. I yeah. think that's that's gonna. Um, so the market is going to respond to this, and uh, ultimately, unfortunately, with with millennials, the market's responding with whining, and you know, it's I think it's just we're going to just have to write write off the millennials in terms of achievement, like the Jap- Japanese did. I think that's a bit of a stereotype, though. I, I don't know. know that millennials are as big of whiners as everyone says. I think millennials actually. I know, really but I like willing- saying that they are because I hate them. You are a millennial. Aren't That's, you born uh, within the time period? Yeah. I mean, I know I am. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Only so like know a couple you'd... years older than you, you jerk. Yeah, so... Just because uh, I'm going gray and I have a limp. All over. Gray all over, let me tell you. Oh, man. Let's move on to the next one. Our next one... I, I don't would... know. In conclusion, do we want to conclude there? I think that millennials do face some real problems. Agreed. I do. I do also think that... Uh, the millennials who say, oh, I can't adult today, or there was one guy in the example of the article said that he gets anxiety over mailing a letter. I mean, come on. There are some things where you need to learn how to accept reality. Yeah, and, like, again, my criticisms for my generation, for my peers, are entirely earned, but also, like, um, proximity just makes me despise millennials, like, because my mentality is different. And I think... The, the solution here is a shift in mentality and working the problem. The first thing you learn in a grift is to work the problem. And so my mentality is always work the pro Crap, I didn't mean to say grift. I mean uh, nursing or something. Like you have the work the problem. Okay, and the problem is you have too much debt. Don't be a millennial that is like, well, I'm just going to have debt till I die. No, work extra jobs. Find like you're working at Applebee's. And you're picking up extra shifts and, you know, like Big Shep had a job and he was delivering food at night sometimes to, to oh yeah uh, to, to get to kill his debt. So like and that's that's why I don't like hearing that millennials are whiners because I've worked two, sometimes three jobs at a yes, time. You have uh, to do what I could do to yeah, get rid of a lot of this debt. So 
it's fine to to come to a place where you realize there is a problem because the only way you can change is to realize there's a problem. But especially another thing I recognize, and this is you know anecdotal, is like women are really cr- crappy with money. And there is something they find maybe... It's a generalization, but it's true. Unfeminine it's and generally indelicate true. about having to deal with... Numbers? Yeah, like it's just a, it's a weird thing, man. I've like, said it before. I'll say it again on all my dating profiles. It says, I just want a woman who knows how to budget. And they don't realize... Out of like, the hundreds of women, I think I've maybe had two say that they, they could do it. Yeah, and that is, in, in conclusion... Uh, learn how to budget, work the problem, accept that, here's the first thing, accept that you accept made a mistake. Accept, accept that you it. made a dumb decision. And it's not all your fault. It's not all. As pre- we previously established. It's not all your the fault. student debt crisis, that's not your fault. The economy. The job market, the economy, it's not your fault. But the, I mean, as, a, as someone who's, if you want to be politically engaged, understand where it came from. The government pumped up the housing market with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And then they pumped up the student loan market with Sally Mae. And then they turned around uh, and those markets crashed and it, it, it affected you. So when you go vote for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or, or Kamala Harris in 2020 and you think you're... Because you're, it's too hard and you should just be given everything for free. Um, just remember, uh, 15 years downstream of that... Uh, we will absolutely be fighting in the streets and bricking dogs and trying to cook dogs. No, I would say just remember that that the student loan debt crisis, a big part of why you have the problems you have, is because the government said, oh, every, yeah, everyone should get a college degree. What and do you think is going to happen yeah. when you say, oh, everyone should have health care for free? Yeah, of course. It's not... What do you think is going to happen? It's, yeah, it's, um, the, the, exactly, the side effects of this is, are awful. Should we move on to our yeah, sponsor? Yeah, I, I, clearly we were both passionate about that. Yeah. Um, I started sweating and had to take off my uh, top layer. Oh, okay. Uh, well, why are you taking off your second layer? Okay, Shep, you can't <laughs> stand on the chair. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, should, do you want to talk? Do you want, I mean. You said sponsor. Let's do the sponsor. Okay. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are honored. Blessed, really. Honored. Blessed. To have the return of our sponsor, Stiff Water Springs. Stiff Water Springs is your cure for when your Peter Piper can't sing. Mm. Stiff Water Springs is a um, hydration, um, water-based solution for um, when you have trouble making your uh, Peter Piper stand uh, rise to the occasion. Yeah, you can buy. Stiffwater Springs at Walmart and Walgreens. You can buy it in 16-ounce bottles, and you can buy it in 8-ounce six-packs. Stiffwater Springs, keep yourself hydrated and hard. I got I got some Stiffwater Springs right here. Dude, you know don't I mean? open that bottle, oh. man. We're, we're, oh, yeah. Dude, we're in the middle of a taping of a, of a, of a podcast. Oh. Okay, this is... I just had a couple of... Oh, it tastes good, too. Yeah. You'd okay. think that it Stiffwater Springs... Wouldn't taste good. No, it tastes great, and the problem it is now. It tastes amazing. Yeah. Okay. I guess. I'll, I guess if you took a swig, I'll take a swig too. Does it? Uh, does it have a disclaimer on there? Like, if uh, if your Peter Piper is rock solid for more than four hours, you go to call a doctor or something. It doesn't because it's not made by pansies or communists. <laughs> 
do you want to talk about these these kids with the with the with the MAGA hats? Let's talk about the MAGA kids. Uh, we are the Co- the Coventry hashtag Coventry boys or something. Yeah, Coventry Catholic School. I don't know what it is. So you know they had to close the school down because of the threats to the school. Seriously? Yeah, they, the school wow. had to close down. I mean, congrats, kids! You got a day off of school, but Look it's a private that. school, and your parents have to pay for it. So. Uh, yeah, so we're not going to go into detail. If you don't know about the MAGA kids, you don't know about what happened. Bully I don't know. for you. That's that sucks. But uh, what, I mean, what do we want to say about these guys? I just I, I really do, don't have much to say about them. But let's talk about the response of the media yeah, I have to no, this incident. I have no comment on the controversy in and of itself, except that it turns out this guy, the drummer guy, um, complete scumbag. Oh, the. Uh, the uh, Native American guy they kind of had a, a stare down with or a, yeah, a, smir- a smirk down? A smirk down. Uh, okay, interesting passage that's from 1984 that's been going around was that this is defined in the in the book 1984 as a face crime. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, dear, dear progressives, dear leftists, dear liberals, if you were outraged and are con- and continue to be outraged by this, and I've seen tweets um, by Blue Checkmark. These are verified people. I'm banned from Twitter um, saying this kid had a punchable face. Um, Heard that one, yeah. That the, This is the smirk of white privilege. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this is the face of white supremacy. Okay. Well, uh, there is, you 14-year-old know, kid or whatever. Yeah, the, the Southern Poverty Law Center... Um, has said there's been a precipitous incline in white supremacist act, uh, white supremacist activity. Well, guess what? It's because everyone who voted for Trump, 50% of the country, is defined as a white supremacist. It's ridiculous. So the backlash, in my part, my, my thought is here, is simply that what is taking place is that the media is attempting to and successfully ghettoizing um, any sort of right-wing opinion, and you see this across people getting deplatformed, um, de depersoned to use the 1984 vernacular, or unpersoned. Um, people are losing jobs. Uh, I, I someone in my family actually like had not similar, but something happened where the media just went to town attacking them, and it was impossible for them to find. And they're an attorney that went to Yale, like they're very successful. They, it was extremely difficult for them to find a job. Um, and that is, it is, there's going to be a backlash. And when the backlash what, comes, it's not going to be good. What scares me is how quickly the media took off with misinformation and ran with it. And, and how and, many people and, still cling to, like... And the violent response of totally. what people were saying needed to be done to this guy. It's fascinating, you know... Uh, when liberals say things like, oh, Trump has to be careful with his words, he he incites violence with his words, which I don't even know what that means. And, and then they go off and say things like... I know exactly like, what it means. It makes them feel not nice on the inside and they right. just can't express themselves, so they have to go hit somebody. Right, but then they go off and say things like, this kid has a punchable face. Uh, we That's need to, not... We need to... Uh, the things that are being said, uh, it's it's crazy. The The intimidation... Uh, there was a, there was actually a, a apparently a guy, a, a boy who, some media people thought was this kid. Yeah, and, and they then, were just harassing the heck out of him and his family. And his family had to cancel a family wedding because they. Yeah. Uh, because they were getting harassed, and it wasn't even the kid. Um, the 
it's it, here's if you want when when, a, when did media be, become the the mind control police you referenced 1984 a lot when did they become those guys been that way for a long time i and so it's we, for me it's always well, awkward I, no, to I mean about. i know they've been that way in mind mind control and that they'll influence what you see what your political opinions are all, every story is biased but w- when did they become this sort of machine that then now can sort of uh, mobilize people to go out and like take people out yeah so i think part of it is and this is you know they they were wearing the maga hat which is now basically like a nazi flag you know like it's a yeah, swastika we have to talk about that too it, and so i own a hat i didn't vote for trump i'm not like I was a gonna trump say, supporter you have a maga hat yeah would you would you dare wear that in public now? I mean, a couple of years ago, I recall you wearing that to uh, our, a church that we went to together in, yeah. in Austin, and it was kind of a joke. It was funny, and people like they got it right. They were like, "Oh, uh, ha, ha. no!" Most of the staff there, the, the staff there, because I had stopped going for a while. Oh yeah, because I helped start it, and then um, I stopped going because they were just they wanted to be political, and that's cool. That's just not my vibe. So. Um, the main guy got it, uh, but everyone else was like, they just thought I was a supporter. Would you wear that in public today? I'm almost, if I was, uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, if I was armed, yep. Yeah, I feel like you can get a slightly. Just because I'm brown. And because if, you're but, brown. But if I was, the only way is if I'm armed. Yeah, if me being a, a white male. Yeah. I don't know if I could wear that and feel safe in public. I mean, if I, yeah, probably I'd have to be armed. Do you remember when we were out once at a um, at a bar on the east side, Brixton? I do. Yeah, okay. I remember it. I was wearing a cowboy hat because I like wearing cowboy hats, and I'm wearing a, f- a shirt that said Ford. And um, a guy came up to me, and this was when there was a controversy in South Carolina because they still flew the Confederate flag in South Carolina. At the time, the governor was Nikki Haley, a brown woman. Ultimately, she 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 brought the flag down. That's fine. Whatever. I have no thoughts here here or there i don't think it's an offensive symbol there was a guy going around the bar um and he was talking about it to other people stranger i don't know this guy comes up to me and says you have to sign this petition he's change.org petition and i was I, my first thought was does he realize that change.org is in congress like it's not gonna, <laughs> yeah, like it's not gonna change a it's not gonna do anything yeah and he kept and he was drunk too and he keep you know sometimes people who are drunk can be kind of pushy and he kept putting his thumb in my chest and I'm like I'm I might have to drop this guy out of the balcony like Yeah, it was about to get physical. I'm not signing your dumb petition. Ultimately I signed it F my for my first name, you know, like the F word, you. <laughs> um, uh, um play my Peter Piper at AOL.com or something yeah. like that just to get him out of my face and I said I don't care. And he, the, his reaction was so visceral that I didn't care. Well, you have to care. Yeah, I don't care. So the media is so... And here's the thing. The media drove that controversy. That same church, the pastor's wife, um, I said, well, you would never know who Trayvon Martin is if the media didn't tell you. Because plenty of Hispanic True. people and black people have shot and killed each other. Black-on-black yeah. crime uh, is actually the number one cause for why black people die in America. But no one knows the names of those victims. No, no, no one has a no one has a darn clue, okay? Darnell and Andre and DeAndre can go shoot each other all they want. Nobody cares. Um, um, 
Alfonso and Lamar can do the same thing, and, and no one's ever going to hear about it. But the reason it was a story is the media picked a narrative. And if you want to understand how the media machine works to manipulate what you think, it's the media picked a narrative. And the fact that they were so quickly dismissed, like the fact that, I shouldn't say dismissed, disproven, like we're lucky that that happened because otherwise these kids, I mean, there was, I saw a tweet again from a blue checkmark person who said, a school shooting at this school would be great. Yeah, how do you? And I don't like. I I don't know how you get to a place in your life where, um, and this is why I say they are in these people who are so anti-Nazi, anti-fascist, they are unwilling, uh, unwittingly, turning in. They, they are Nazis. They are ghettoizing a perspective right. and saying that the, the and then dehumanizing people with that perspective and then saying their life is irrelevant and it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant to me. Their life choices are irrelevant to me, but I'm saying they should have the right to live. Um, and I don't think their perspective on being pro-life or their support of Trump, which on on, one, on some level, the fact that kids that young are kind of conservative makes me a little happy, especially Catholics, traditionally, you know, Democrats. Mm-hmm. I'm not a conservative, but it, it just it gives me hope that we're not screwed for the future. Yeah. Right? I mean... But I will say this uh, regarding the quote-unquote right-wing or conservative media. They come out and pooped on these boys as quick as anybody else could. Um, which is part of the, like, you know, these people, which is why when I was not, when I was leaving the conservative movement, I said part of the reason I was leaving is these people lack a backbone. Quickly learned that a lot of libertarians also lack a backbone. Oh, but yeah. that's, that's, it's just, I realize it's a, it's a people thing. But, um... There's a there's a sincere lack of conservatives who are able to stand up and say things are wrong when they're wrong, and uh, there's videos of adults behaving like children to um, protesters outside of the Kavanaugh hearing. They're screaming at an elderly guy. They're dancing around him. And I thought it was you're, they were acting like children, but at the same time, well, you know, so long as they didn't physically touch him, I thought it's annoying, it's stupid, but they should be allowed to protest him in that way. But these, like the black Hebrew Israelites, which I love, which is this: these people were just omitted from the narrative altogether because they're black. Um, and they were the ones who started much of the controversy. So um, I got lost. I didn't know where we were. Okay. Um, so there was black Hebrew Israelites there. And they were the ones, like, they were saying that. Where were they? At the, that's, they're where the Where the MAGA kids were? Yeah, they were the ones yelling at the MAGA kids. Oh, okay. And so the MAGA kids, like, first of all, these are just boys being boys. There's nothing wrong with that, um, especially in a group. I don't, they weren't hurting anybody, so these these they were getting, like, insults hurled at them. Right. So they start doing their school chant. Not that offensive to me. Like, I don't, like... It's, it's just, amazing. It's amazing that you put on a hat Yeah. that has a very, what you would think is a pretty innocuous message, yeah, pretty agreeable message. Yeah. You put on a hat. And you get death threats. Yeah. So, again, here's me being objective. I'm not a Trump supporter. I didn't vote for him. Okay? Can you can you objectively tell me, other than his words and how they make you feel, what Trump has been doing that is so ridiculously offensive as compared to maybe even a Hillary Clinton or a Mitt Romney? People said, well, I mean, I would much rather have Mitt Romney as president than Trump. Democrats have said this. But the reality is what, I mean, Joy Behar said, well, the reason the media jumped to such a heinous conclusion is because they want Trump out of office. For what? Can you, ex- I mean, 
the wall is the thing that I can point to and say, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about. I, yeah. I feel terrible. The wall's a dumb thing. Yeah, I don't want the wall. I don't want the, the wall. I stupid. want all the Latinas to come here. Yeah, the wall is discour- is a discouraging policy. Are you going to stop feeling up? The- <laughs> <laughs> it feels like nipples. Sorry, this time. The wall is a discouraging policy that, that Trump is... So I, I, try to, I, I try to evaluate the guy yeah. on, on what he's actually doing. And then I want what to compare him to are. not my fantasy of a president, which is... You know, a, a Ron Paul presidency. Let's compare him to an, a guy he was actually running against. I think he's better than than Ted Cruz. I think he's better than the whole lot of them. I think he's better than Hillary Clinton. I think he's better than Obama. I still don't like him. I don't like the wall. I don't like trade wars. But he did criminal justice reform. What Democrat is against criminal justice reform? That's that's a Democrat thing. Yeah, he did. Uh, um, the he he removed. Leave. He's removing the removed the troops. He he's doing more than Trump did for brown people. We're not. At least. Are you kidding me? I mean, Obama. Sorry. Yeah. What what is so bad that this guy has done? I, I think if he and if he can get, which I do think, with he's deal, limited immigrants into the country, which some people I, got deported. Which on some level, like I believe in free market immigration, but that doesn't mean that. We're going to just, I think that, you know, we should have. We got laws for a reason. Yeah. And so let's I'm, I'm, let's talk about changing laws. I don't I don't always like the laws, but I, they I are there. I want to change the immigration law. Let's let's create it so it's a more free-flowing economy. So there's no reason for a criminal to come from Honduras or Guatemala or any, like, to, to come here because there's no opportunity because let's legalize the drugs. But the point is. He's he's the family leave that that uh, Ivanka or whatever they worked on and signed, Wh- whatever it is. He's doing more Democrat leaning things socially that is a libertarian I kind of like than anyone any other Republican or for that matter Hillary Clinton would have done. And the fact that people dislike him has to do with the media generating a narrative that he's a white supremacist and this yeah. that and the other thing. Which is not corroborated by any evidence other than, well, the SLPC says there's an uptick in white supremacist um, occurrences or whatever. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, there's yeah. a guy wearing a MAGA hat. So it's uh, yeah, one yep. It's one in, infinite loop of make-believe crafted by the media, which is when, people, when, when Trump says the media is the enemy of the people. Okay, I agree. I, man, I just I saw an Instagram video. Of a guy who I don't know what he ethnically he is, but he's, he's anomaly. He's, he's dark. He's darker skin. He's ra- racially ambiguous, and he's yeah. wearing a MAGA hat, yep. and he's talking to a white female. I don't know if she thinks she's a female or not. She had a shaved head and some other stuff going on, so she, seems like she, my kind of girl. She appeared to be female, and he was calmly asking her questions, right, kind of like we're doing. He was just asking her. What don't you like about Trump? Yeah. Uh, what what policies don't you Did like? Did he have a big beard? Um, I don't. I can't remember. Okay. And so this it's... this girl's just screaming, jumping up and down, making loud animal noises. Not even like putting together coherent arguments or responses. And he's just calmly asking her like the same things. Like, what's the problem? Uh, what don't you like? He's trying to explain to her, hey, the the you know Trump being a racist, that's a false narrative. And she's just spinning in circles and yelling and not listening. These are the kind of people that are that are out there that are that's why this narrative is, exists and is popular. Yeah, that's why the narrative has any teeth. And there are there continue to be people who, despite the the facts and the reality emerging, 
have decided that the previous narrative that they are racist, they pulled back some like video of these kids like wearing quote unquote blackface, which it wasn't. They just had a blackout day where everyone wore black and some of the kids who had too much school spirit. I hated those kids in school anyway. You know, they cover themselves in blue paint for one week and then black paint for another week. It's not blackface, it's just black paint. It's they weren't trying to goof on black people and so it doesn't doesn't count. I, I just think like this is a this is a media overreach, and uh, we should be learning our lesson. Hey, I mean the you know like Huffington Post just dismissed their entire opinion staff, which is great. Good. It has nothing to do with this. They have no money. Thanks, Verizon. So what's, uh, what's up next? Um, up next, uh, I think we have this. We're going to close out the show with this with this uh, kind of a bummer of a story. Um. I think uh, I think you were going to ask me to give this kid advice. I think that's what we said in the pre-show, right? Okay, so tell me what. Yeah, I mean. So I'm going to read the quote. So this kid is out. It looks like in Denver, and um, I'll just read you um, what what ended up how he got in how he got in it with the law. This is from his Facebook page. Um, the kid is 27. I'm not going to say his name. All I wanted was a girlfriend. Not a th- not. A thousand, not a bunch of hoes, not money, none of that. All I wanted was to be loved, yet no one cares about me. I'm 27 years old, but I've never had a girlfriend before, and I'm still a virgin. This is why I'm planning on, and this is a in, in, insertion of um, This is a, we're, we're quoting what yeah, this guy said. I'm quoting what he's saying, and I'm inserting some innuendo here. I was going to do a boom boom, um, a boom boom showdown in a public place soon and be the next uh, mass boom boomer because I'm ready to die and all the girls that turn me down um, is going to make it right by uh, this is the English here my friend (laughs) first lesson is remedial English (laughs) Uh, uh, by by icing as many girls as I see Um, there's nothing more dangerous than a man ready to die is what is what went on, and then he was uh, apprehended by the by the Denver yeah. PD. So uh, I'm really happy the police got to this guy. Yeah. Before he did go on a boom boom or a bang bang spree. Bang bang and, spree sounds right. And up, yeah. and we don't mean with his with his Peter Piper. No, not at all. Uh, so yeah, it really good the the police were able to get this guy. Uh, you were saying earlier you kind of felt bad for this guy. Totally. So oh, so so first. I mean what? Uh, I I think I feel bad for him in that I think he needs mental help. But what, what, Danny, if you could have been there for this guy, right. maybe in his earlier years in life, right. like you were there for me. Oh, yeah. I wasn't a virgin. But what would you tell this guy? Well, first of all, you don't want a girlfriend. Um, in the Old Testament, God says to the Israelites, a government is going to tax you and imprison you. That's what a girlfriend is in modern day. What he really needs A little to microcosm is, of government, basically. Yeah, basically. Here's the first thing, bud. You know... You need to you just you need to get your chestnuts roasted for the first time. Okay? Roast those nuts, baby. You gotta get and you just it's gonna be a bummer of a of a situation. First things first. You're 20, 21, 22. You're out there trying to get your chestnuts roasted. You're not a good looking guy. You don't have a ton of opportunity. Begging is okay. Begging yeah. is begging is permissible. Uh, it doesn't work. It works about ten percent of the time. Paying for it is okay in places where that's legal. Completely. In places where it's legal, it's entirely reasonable to pay. Do you know how cheap it is to get down to Colombia? Do you know how inexpensive it is to just cross the border into Mexico, Belize, um, 
Brazil. These are all places you can go, and there's it's not um, so expensive as to get to Thailand. And, yeah, uh, the Thailand's a little bit pricier. And not just that, like like Belize, for instance, they use the United States dollar. They speak English. Uh, just you know, and putting together two or three thousand dollars, getting out of the country might help. Here's the first thing: you're just trying to get your chestnuts roasted, right? It's a numbers game, my friend. I am far more physically disadvantaged in the in the marketplace of of the tickle party than you, uh, based on the look of your face. Other couple things that might help, my friend. Um, haircut. Okay. <laughs> this guy's hair looks like he's he's got Bernie Sanders hair going on. Okay. I've seen worse hair. I've seen. Listen. You showed me a picture the other day. <laughs> okay. So here's the other thing. Okay. You don't. It doesn't cost a lot of money to look put together. Yeah. Go to Old Navy. You can spend three hundred dollars and have an amazing wardrobe from Old Navy, and look somewhat put together. Another thing that has worked in my favor several times, smelling nice, being clean, general hygiene, organization at the place that you live. So it's nice, clean smelling sheets, yep. all of these things. Yep. You are doing the opposite of what's going to help you uh, roast your chestnuts here, okay? <laughs> yeah. You are killing the target, the, the targets of your affections. <laughs> yeah. that, or you attempt, you wanted to. That's, that's, that's just <laughs> foolish. <laughs> that is so foolish. You are doing the opposite. Why would you... <laughs> Lessen your own odds. And now that you've been apprehended by the law, you're going to go to jail or prison for. He's not going to be a virgin anymore. He's not going to be a virgin. His his butt canoe is going to get paddled <laughs> up and down the cell block. That is not the future <laughs> I wanted for this young man. Okay, he's 27. He's not young, but I'm just saying that's not the future I wanted for this guy. He could have been. He could have been getting his. He could have been getting his uh, chestnuts roasted all over the place if he had just altered. His perspective. My okay. social work degree kind of wonders what this guy's situation in life was. I mean, the, okay. where he said the part where he's like, I just wanted to be loved, right? So, obviously, he is a part of it, he's trying to get his chestnuts roasted. Right. But th- this guy really has probably never felt like anyone cared about him. Yeah, he probably needs a friend. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, can't help there. Don't know how to give you advice on getting a friend. <laughs> um, Danny's not real good at that. It's not that I'm not good at it. It's that, like, when it comes to the deeper part of relationships, like, even, you know, interpersonal friendships, talking about your feelings, revealing truths about oh, yourself. We don't, you don't have to do I'm not either. doing any of that crap, okay? But you do, you find friends who don't necessarily want to do that either. Yeah. This guy probably should have just gone and found some friends who were also looking to get their chestnuts roasted or so, whose yeah, chestnuts dude. were constantly in the flame. Yeah. And so, maybe some people could have given him some tips, some pointers. Listen, and I've, I've, uh, I've used this technique so much, like, in a lot of my life. I, I, I attach, by being funny, I attach myself to groups of guys who are good looking, who have great prospects in life, and I'm just over here catching their shrapnel. Okay? Is that why we're friends? Yeah, 100%, dude. I'm over here catching the B and C pine riders that are trying to get to the top of the heap, but I'm as close as they're getting. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Um, and, uh, but so. You took a lot of my trash out when we lived together, so to speak, huh? Sure did, man. I had I'm I'm not I'm not embarrassed to say it. The other thing is, my friend, you have to lower your standards. Your standards yep. have to go near rock bottom at least at least for the first six months of your attempts. At least temporarily. You, yeah. Okay. You can't be like I wanted to be in a candlelit five star hotel room behind a dumpster. Is like, <laughs> so 
so long as you're not like in the Texas sweltering humidity heat, 90 degrees behind a dumpster, I don't think so. Right? It's tough. It's a tough go. But in the right, in the right, kind of the right dry spell, it might happen. Okay? As long as it's not cedar season in oh, Austin, it's... Texas. Oh, my gosh. I'm not even kidding. Uh, I just want to, like, wrap up with this. I was, I had some family coming to town. You remember my two older sisters came to town? Yeah. Okay. We went to Rainy Street. My brother-in-law was going to fly in the next day or something, so the three of us went to Rainy. Um, if you're not from Austin, this is going to be uninteresting to you, but basically Rainy Street's a small street full of... Um, good time. Good time. It's like basically a residential street where the houses were turned into bars, but there's like three houses that have held out. Nobody lives in them because it's impossible to live in them at this point because it's too noisy. It's a street full of bars. It's a bars full of... It's a street full of bars. Street full of bars. You yeah. said it correctly. Okay, and there's like food trucks and all this. It's a fun time. It's like the more adult version of 6th Street. Yeah, slightly. Slightly. Um, what's interesting is that these people have held out. Like, their houses are just sitting there. I look over. I'm like, well, that's that's weird. I felt, I thought someone was, like, passed out. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure I ever heard this story. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can control myself. But, like, there was a guy and a girl getting it on. Oh, I definitely never heard that story. Oh, my goodness. On rainy because we're walking over to my car. And I was like, oh, it looks like somebody passed out face down. And I was going to like, you know, there's always cops on Rainy and 6th Street. I was going yeah. to flag down a cop and be like, hey, I don't want this guy to die because he chokes on his on his vomit. Right. And then I saw him moving. And then I was just like, <laughs> oh, my man's over here getting some pumps in. <laughs> and I just thought he was just like, he was just like, all right, I'm over it. I can't find anybody. It's just me and, the, <laughs> me and this lady's yard. No. There was somebody there, and I was just like, oh, good for you, man. You got to get it in where it's at. Austin, Texas, man. Sometimes I miss it. I don't at all, dude. I love I love living up in north North Dallas, so, north of Dallas. Yeah. So, that's dude, that's our show. I mean, episode 10, can you believe we went 10 episodes, man? We did it. Uh, do we want to tell them what's we, happening soon? We have, we have our season finale next week, and we'll talk it's about it. It's coming up. Yeah, uh, episode 11 will be out. Uh, this comes out on Monday. This will come out the Monday after, and uh, I think February, the beginning of February. And uh, we're just going to talk about the future of Fluffers for Hire. We, we're still looking for work as Fluffers. I think we got into the industry at the tail end. It's like it's like people who got into the horseshoe making industry, like when the Model T came out. <laughs> that was stupid. We're out. such a backwards universe edit that out well obviously i'm not gonna put that in that's what she said (laughs) okay killing it with the that's what she said jokes forget it the whole thing is going out there this episode is gonna suck no it's not don't say that (laughs) we can't keep living our lives we can do it we we can't keep living our lives like this big chef we can't keep saying we're gonna not succeed at things you're right 
I can't at least. You I, might be able to. I can't. No, no. I believe that I'm going to succeed at things. Yeah. Just not at this podcast. <laughs>